Today we're talking wide receivers. Wide receivers in fantasy football end up with the most points outside of quarterbacks and maybe a couple running backs on the year. So everybody wants to get their fantasy wide receivers down. Pat, we're talking about those today. We're going to, me and Tony here, that's Tony, I'm Nate. We're going to be talking about our three breakout slash sleeper wide receivers this football season based on ADP. We're going to list out our top 36 wide receivers for fantasy football, and we're going to tear those all out for you. We're going to draft because we are fantasy football nuts. Leave you with a rant and rave and a banger of the week. Tony, how's it going? And then after that, as always, first, top of mind. What's on top of your mind? Hello, Nathan. I am very joyful to be here. Delighted. Cheerful. Uh, Those are also words I would use to describe my current state. Found a lot of synonyms for just happy to be here. Uh, (laughs) I'm just being being jocular. That means humorous or playful. Uh, Top of mind for me, um, fitness, health. It's on my mind because the Space Force... Just switched to wearables. I got one on right now. There you um, go. So think like Fitbit type trackers. These are Garmin's. And I'm loving it. I love it. We're in a group. There's like a competition aspect to it. Kind of an accountability thing, right? Because you can see what everyone's doing. But exercise is important. And I think it's kind of overlooked by the masses. But it's been proven to not only benefit your physical uh, well-being, but also your mental well-being. And Nate, I did some research. I primarily looked at studies from the National Library of Medicine. So you know, think peer reviewed shit, but exercise Mm -hmm. can help reduce anxiety, depression, negative moods, kind of like mood swings by helping with your self-esteem. Um, and just like your overall cognitive functions sounds pretty good. Uh, and the study wasn't based on like marathon runners or elite athletes as little as 30 minutes of exercise from normal people like you and me, you and I, Mm -hmm. um, three times a week can achieve the aforementioned benefits. So get out there, go for a walk, touch some grass. That's top of my mind. What you got? It's kind of funny you bring that up because uh, for me, fitness has been on my mind because I stepped on a scale earlier this week and I hit the 200.7 pounds Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, we've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yo, what the hell? I've been getting a little pudgy or whatever like that. And it's kind of bugging me. So I was like, man, I really got to do this, this, that, the other. And uh, my oldest daughter, she's getting ready to play some basketball for the school league. I tried to get her signed up for the cross country thing. She's like, Nope, they run. And I was like, <laughs> You're going to run in basketball. But is that the land sharks thing? Yeah. The land sharks yeah, yeah, thing yeah. or whatever like that. I got an email for it. And so I was like, Hey, you guys want to do this? Nope. Don't want to <laughs> They run. And they got to get up earlier and run before school. I'm a stinking school. Okay, cool. <laughs> but it's been on my mind a little bit. I'm like, okay, how do I fit this into my day? try to wake up early. I haven't been waking up as early lately because I've been up editing video and stuff. So I need to figure out my schedule and get all that stuff worked out. But fitness, definitely something that's on my mind. Another thing that's on my mind is our league here. We are going to be drafting this weekend. Everybody's coming over to the house minus the out-of-towners. We might have one of the out-of-towners coming into town for it. Still undecided. He's currently living about eight hours away Hmm. in the great state of Kansas. Hmm. Shout out to Dorothy. But I'm looking forward to it. It's our first in-person draft. Looking for it to be something that is a constant every year thing and then making an event. This one, kind of just going to cook some food, have some brewskis, get people around. Let the kids run around a little bit. If people bring their kids, Mm -hmm. my kids will be here. I know Nick's bringing his kid and all that kind of stuff too. And then... 
you know, figure it out and how to do it all right and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't really understand it. I've never done it before. I'm trying to Google a little bit here and there or whatever like that. But we're a couple days out. We just ran the draft order. A lot of people seem to be pissed off about that because oh, I'm not I, used, happy. I used GPT for it. So I said, hey, this is what our league's based off of. And base the names off of it and rank them and then provide some analysis. It did get some stuff wrong saying, oh, this doesn't have any tie into the show or anything like that. But, hey, it's neither here nor there. But, you know, it doesn't really matter where you draft. you got to put together a team. You're playing against your opponents, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, who knows? Maybe people listen to this or people don't listen to this. I don't know that are in the league. So, maybe they know who we're wanting to pick. Maybe they don't know who we're wanting to pick. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I've been thinking be about fun. a lot of fun. I... Matt and Isley, we did this. Uh, Matt, Josh, David, they were all kind of di- uh, separated. They were on the distant end. So we had mm-hmm. like, uh, I think I had them in like a Yahoo chat or some shit. Mm-hmm. But like, Bazzi, I was in Utah. And so like all of us Utah people, like we were at, I think like Jason's house or something, uh, Bazzi Otis. And then it was a lot of fun, a lot of work tracking that. So if you need help as your co-host slash co-commissioner, um, I'm more than happy to, to help you uh, with the digital people. I like how you just gave yourself co-commissioner roles in the league or whatever like that, but I'm not really too mad about it or whatever. If you want to cook, <laughs> that's going to be my thing. It's like Sunday morning is going to be a lot of cooking and stuff like that. So I got to yeah. wake up early, but I'll figure all that stuff out. So I'm uh, looking at different things on online draft boards and stuff like that, that you can run. So you could just update mm-hmm. it off of one person's computer or something. Right. So uh, we'll figure all that stuff out. Terrence actually reached out to me a couple of, like maybe an hour, hour and a half ago, um, mm-hmm. saying, hey, how's this going to work? You know, I'm a logistics person and I need to figure out the logistics. And Okay, man. So I was like, yeah, we're going to figure it all out. But It's very controlling, Terrence. Looking forward to it. Another thing is it is football season. It's oh, finally yeah. football season. At nighttime, it starts to cool down. You get a little bit of moisture in the air if you're in other areas of the globe, not so much here in Colorado. But, hey, our sprinklers run at night, and it stays around for a little while, so it feels kind of good. High school football is already going. You got high school football that's been on ESPN. This Thursday, Two big. there's one big matchup here in Colorado Springs. You got Palmer Ridge playing Montrose oh, geez. at Palmer Ridge up in Monument. So I think I'm going to take the girls up for that on Thursday night. Get some Thursday night lights action everywhere around your cities. You're going to be seeing stadium lights on every Friday night. And then Saturday morning, you're going to wake up to Pat McAfee at college game day. And they're going to be somewhere. There's going to be bands and students. And then you're going to see college football and all the the joy that comes with that. All of the, how do you call that? The pride and just where you're from and where you go to school, right? Student sections, bands, tailgates. It's all going to be there. Then Sunday, we kick it off with the best of the best in the NFL. It's going to be awesome. Nonstop football until December, January. I love it, and I'm all here for it. And now let's talk about wide receivers. Tony, last time we ranked our top three busts at the running back position, but we need to be a little bit more positive here on the show. So this week, we're going to talk about our three breakout slash sleeper wide receivers based on ADP this year. We'll start with you on your one and then we'll go alternate. Okay. So I've got my three and they are deconflicted with yours. At nice. least the last time I checked the show notes could have changed. I don't know, but I have guys going early who can deliver ADP 
a guy going in the middle of the draft who can beat ADP there. And then a later pick that I think listener Matt Kendall, also league member, is really going to like. But first, I'll start with the guy at the top of the draft board is Chris Olave. Kind of broke out in 2022 as a rookie, but only cleared four touchdowns uh, on about 120 targets. He could see north of that in volume. He should see north of that in volume as the new number one there. Michael Thomas bound to get injured any any moment now. He might be injured now. I don't even know. Um, and then that touch, touchdown pendulum could easily see him at double digits this season, right, in year two here. Uh, he finished 2022 as the overall wide receiver 25. He's being projected as a top-end wide receiver two this year, and his ceiling, in my eyes, is a wide receiver one. I'm thinking top five as a ceiling. Ooh. And this has nothing to do with the school he went to. I just want to make that crystal clear for Matt. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I'm glad we got Matt into our league because now he's a listener. So, um, yeah. he, he may he not participates agree with too. He talks a lot of shit. I, I like Matt a lot. It's good. Good ad. Yeah, it's definitely been good. The discord is popping right now. The last couple guys we got is like people were talking and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. weird. My number one, people are starting to catch on and it's kind of bumming me because of one week of preseason. But my number one is Romeo Dobbs. At an ADP of 152 in NFC, Dobbs is being overshadowed by Christian Watson Mm -hmm. when he outscored him last season in 2022 in 66% of games in which they played together. He's the forgotten guy who will service as a solid wide receiver three for you in 2023 with wide receiver two upside. That could be a difference maker for your fantasy teams. Later on, I'll end up talking about it as we, we get into the tiering and stuff like that, but... Dobbs has been my dude to get late, like Dobbs and a couple other guys, maybe one that you're going to name too, but Dobbs is a dude I was looking to get late because he plays the role in that offense where they feed the ball, and Christian Watson's stuff last year was him taking that during injured times for Dobbs, so his four-week stretch. You're number two. And that offense doesn't look so far in the preseason as bad as I think we thought. Like They actually look pretty decent. Like I, yeah. I, I've liked what I saw from Love and in that offense so far. They're probably not competing for that number one pick like I projected. Holy <laughs> crap! No, not at all. Hope you didn't bet that. <laughs> Uh, my number two, though, is Jahan Dotson going as the wide receiver 37 with Terry F1 McLaurin going as the wide receiver 24 in a passing offense that may be a little more ambiguous than we're being led to believe. Other words for ambiguous are cryptic, obscure, uh, or one of my favorites, dubious. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting down on the, th- uh, the thesaurus when I was writing these show notes, as you can tell. Uh, as for why there may be some uncertainty there, though, we're not entirely sure what Sam Howell is. He's looked okay in the preseason, but limited uh, regular season action, right? I think it was just like week 18 or something. We're not entirely sure what Eric Bieniemy will mean for that commander's offense. But what we do know is that Dotson, he can get open. Uh, getting open is kind of important, and he does that at an 80% rate on corner routes. Posts, digs, comebacks, curls, slants, and screens, damn near the entire route tree. And McLaurin... He's got the he's got the uh, the turf toe he's dealing with now. They mm-hmm. said he'll be good to go in one month. That that injury tends to linger, but if McLaurin is on the field, he's going to see the number one coverage. So with that and the discounted ADP for Jahan Dotson, I'd get behind uh, Dotson as a bit of a sleeper uh, where he's going. And then other guys like in his territory at the position, just for context, Brandon Cooks, Gabe Davis, Traylon Burks, and Michael Thomas. So I think I take him easily over those other four guys. Nice. Last week. You were Red Pill Tony. This week, you're Thesaurus Tony. Thesaurus Tony. I like it. We need a – yeah, we're going to have to change your ex-Twitter handle every single week. It's going to be awesome. But <laughs> My got? number two is going to be Paris Campbell. So he signed a one-year deal with the New York football giants. That includes a $3 million base 
100k per game roster bonus so that's 1.7 million u.s american dollars <laughs> in total and 2 million in incentives like every other wide receiver in, in new york he's a true slot receiver in 2022 he led the league in slot routes run and he joins an offense that is made to limit turnovers from daniel jones last year we saw him as the 31st ranked yards per attempt the slot role is wide open in New York, and Paris Campbell is by far the best of the bunch. It will depend on whether or not he can gain the trust for targets here, though, because they got Darren Waller, who's going to demand a bunch of them over the middle. Saquon's going to get a bunch of the dump off. But for a guy essentially going undrafted in late into late rounds in August at an ADP of 215, he's Ooh. my wide receiver 44 above guys like the aforementioned JSN, Michael Thomas, He's above Zay Flowers for me and above Brandon Cooks. That is with me projecting that he's going to win out that slot receiver role. That's a value. That's what I call value, Nate. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've watched any of the Giants preseason action, but it's pretty much Darren Waller first read. Gotten mm -hmm. most of the targets when he's on the field with Daniel Jones. And then after that, it's Paris Campbell. He's gotten yep. probably the, from what I've watched, the second most targets. I haven't like actually looked at the numbers with Daniel Jones on the field, but he's looked good in the limited action he's had. Uh, my third and final here, Elijah Moore being drafted as the wide receiver 48 overall pick 113. Way back, way back there. This dude's route tree is pretty, pretty good if you haven't seen it. There's only a few routes he isn't having an 80% plus success rate on, a.k.a. that's getting open, and that's the corner routes and the post. He's at 74% on slants, uh, but above 80 on curls, digs, outs, uh, flat routes, screens, and then nine routes he's had a lot of success on. If we're projecting the Browns to have success this season, and we have Deshaun Watson well within our top 12, you and I both do, mm -hmm. there's no reason Elijah Moore should be going as damn near a wide receiver five. Also, how soon we forget uh, about his breakout at the end of 2021, really the last time he was used, right? 2022 was kind of a shit show with him and the team, but mm -hmm. a season before that, he was a solid wide receiver two down the stretch, averaging 17 plus fantasy points per game. When I looked it up, it was like 17.3 half PPR, probably like 18 PPR, but that was for the Jets, and I'll have uh, shares across the board just no with place. where he's going currently in drafts. Nice. Love and that's us. the one Matt is moist over, guaranteed. Love us, love us some Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can't wait till Cedric Tillman's playing big-time snaps good. when Amari Cooper's out next year. <laughs> woo he, Him and Bell have looked really good, and I think they've helped uh, DTR UCLA mm -hmm. alum there uh, look really good in the preseason. We're bleeping out that university's name. <laughs> My number three, people may say he's not a sleeper based off where he's going, but I think he's a sleeper based off where he's going, and that is Debo Samuel. So he's a year removed from being wide receiver three and missing the final four weeks of the fantasy season. I'm not sure we can call him a deep sleeper or a breakout candidate, but I believe he needs to garner some respect here. As the wide receiver 17 off the board at an ADP of 39, he comes into 2023 a different man per reports. He's a lot thinner. He's a lot more mobile. He's a lot more agile. His mentality inside the locker room is completely different, completely business focused, there to make an impact, understanding that the Niners window is yep. closing. He's Christian McCaffrey, basically, who plays wide receiver for the team. And with three-fifths of the offensive line being a question mark for the Niners, I can see him going back to more of that 2021 role where he created some space for the offense and some time for the quarterback by being in the backfield, running motion, jet sweeps, different stuff where they have two backs. Him, He stays back. McCaffrey goes out. 
I think he's going to be a big focal point of that offense to create a bunch of misdirection for defenses. He's basically the leader of the offense, and when Debo's on, he's on. The team is booming, right? You got him and Trent Williams lead the team out of the tunnel every single time. They're the heart and soul of the team. And right now, I think Debo Samuel's being way too overlooked. People don't want to draft him because they're worried about that other stuff. Or Christian McCaffrey, people love Brandon Ayuk. Give me Debo Samuel at the end of a second round, beginning of a third round. That's where I would have him valued at. But you're going to get him later on in the third, potentially in the fourth round, depending on who you're drafting with. That is that. I think I'm I'm on the, I'm on opposing ends here. He's nice. going. So yeah, you mentioned he finishes a wide receiver three overall uh, wide receiver thirty eight PPR last season. Two years ago, on, he finished wide receiver three. Yeah, overall like a, the wide receiver three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, going as a wide receiver seventeen on ESPN PPR right now. Brandon Ayuk's going as a wide receiver thirty four, mm. and we'll get to him when we get into these tiers. But I think I. I'd pass on Debo and take Brandon Ayuk a little bit later, but I, I can see him. If he stays healthy, Debo, he's going to be a wide receiver one. I like the I like the teams know that Brock Purdy has chemistry with George Kittle too. Oh, yeah. So you have Christian McCaffrey going one way. You have Debo going the same way, right, creating levels, creating levels while Kittle is coming the opposite way. Yeah. So I like it's not that fair. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just not fair what they have. Yeah, I hate you. Nope. Sucks to be a Rams fan. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we are going to list our top 36 wide receivers for the fantasy year in 2023. So we're going to do the same thing that we did with the running back where we're going to list out our entire tier that we have them at. We're going to go from 36 to one, and then we will highlight one of the guys within the tier. So I have five tiers, I believe it is. Yeah, I have five tiers. I don't know how many you got, but coincidentally, I've also got five tiers. Nice. It's weird so how this keeps working out. I don't. I don't yeah. understand. It's almost like <laughs> we're playing swords. So I'll let you go. Start out with your all right. your fifth tier. Name them all off, and then we'll go from there. All right, this is a big tier. This is a girthy tier, Nate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Forewarned listeners here. Um, we'll start at thirty six though, and work uh, our way forward here up the ranks. So at 36, in Tier 5 for me, I have JSN. Uh, He did suffer a broken wrist, but should be ready to go Week 1. Or so Pete Carroll says, if you believe that, I don't know if I do, but he should still be good to go. He wasn't going to get off the ground right away anyways. After that, Jahan Dotson, Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown, Drake London, Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, two Christians there, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, and then Mike Evans, the one I'm going to talk to here he's a little bit older so this is the top of this tier but there's no reason for where he's getting drafted right now he's at he's going as a wide receiver 30 i have him at the back end of my wide receiver two group and i think that that's a value uh dude just collects 1000 yard seasons like their infinity stones he's had worse uh, at quarterback than baker uh he was just declared starter just named starter i believe today or yesterday and it's a team we all project to be in a lot of favorable situations for that passing game i.e they're going to be losing a lot yeah so I like Mike Evans a lot. I think he's a value, but that's my tier. What do you got? Nice. I like Mike Evans too. So at my 36, I got Kadarius Tony. That's going to have a little asterisk next to it, right? Because you might want to get just some um, Sky Moore in there. It looks like he's going to be the second one for that role. Rasheed Rice also into that role as MBS Rice. plays the oh, yeah. X, right? So MBS is going to play the X. You got Kelsey at the Y. 
And then the other outside wide receiver that's going to be there is the Z. That's Tony right now. So Kadarius Tony, but you can get you can basically handcuff that situation all the way down the board. Kadarius Tony at thirty six, Christian Watson thirty five, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Christian Kirk, Romeo Dobbs at thirty, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Garrett Wilson, Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, and finishing out at twenty two is DJ Moore. The one I'm going to highlight here is Christian Watson. So this ties to my Romeo Dobbs take earlier, yep. but I initially put this under Dobbs when I was like, okay, we're going to highlight one of them. That's the one I want to highlight. But when I thought about breakout sleepers, I was like, I got to have Dobbs yep. in there. Cause that's my dude. So outscored by Romeo Dobbs in six to nine games when they both played together for full game last season. So some of those look, a couple of them are like when Dobbs got hurt or Watson got hurt or whatever it was. Right. Or whatever the situation was. Yeah. But Watson's production will end up being, for big plays and it showed in 2022 when Dobbs was out due to injury where he had one of the greatest four week stretches of all time in fantasy football history. He was scoring over 25 points a game over those four games. Watson, he didn't score over 25. He scored 24.8 fantasy points per game and averaged 6.7 in games where he and Dobbs played together. So I really like this take a week ago. Or a month and a half ago, right, when we were starting to talk about this kind of stuff because people started to see it. And all of a sudden, every fantasy analyst person, oh, Romeo Dobbs, a dude, he's going to be the guy, right? And everybody was like Christian Watson at the wide receiver two level for these offense. And I just think that's Mm -hmm. out of whack. So don't draft yourself some Christian Watson over Romeo Dobbs when you can get Dobbs, you know, 10 rounds into the draft. Three, yeah. 13 rounds into the draft when Watson's going to be up in that six, seven, eight, nine range. Yeah. Nate snuck Garrett Wilson in there. I don't know if you guys heard that here in his tier five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so moving on tier four for me uh, again, starting at the top. So this is the number 23 spot. DJ Moore after that, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, who I will speak to a little bit uh, after that, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and then Chris Godwin at 17, rounding out my top four. So Deontay Johnson caught zero touchdowns last season. I have this in bold on my ranking spreadsheet. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty weird. Pretty weird that happened. I'm going to warn you guys before I use this catchphrase, so go ahead and put your, your earmuffs on. Deontay Johnson's going to see some positive touchdown regression this year. <laughs> <laughs> Take him off. The passing offense should be improved. Kenny Pickett should be improved. He looked good down the stretch last season, showed some progress against some weaker opponents, sure, but he was doing the things you want him to do and you expect him to do against uh, lesser opponents. And then Deontay's still the alpha there. They did bring in Allen Robinson, whatever. Um, Chase Claypool's gone. George Pickens in year two, but, I mean, he's just going to be committing OPI all over the field. But i definitely have Deontay Johnson higher if it weren't for Chris Godwin, who I think that's another one we're kind of both higher on. Yeah. Yeah. Are we? Do I have Godwin on here? <laughs> I don't know if you have him on here, but we we spoke oh, about how yeah, I have him at values at yeah, ADP. Yeah, yeah. I'm at 29. Yeah. Nice. I like Deontay Johnson. I like that whole Pittsburgh thing. I like everything in Pittsburgh, dude. I like I like Pickens. I don't care for Fryermuth. I whatever. I yeah. I don't want to draft Fryermuth in those rounds. Like I'd rather just get the get one of the top dudes or go down to Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Or Dallas. Don't tell anybody about Jake Ferguson. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. But from 21 to 15, I got DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Drake London, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, as you mentioned, and Chris Olave at the 15. I'll touch on Keenan Allen. His start to 22 was hampered by a hamstring injury. 
But what I really like to see is that he came back after that in week 11 and was the wide receiver seven through week 17. So that's what we care about up to week 17, right? He was wide receiver seven. Add Kellen Moore, who's going to be pushing the pace and stretch the field with Mike Williams and Quinton Johnston. And I think that all the underneath games going to Keenan Allen and this offense is where I see a bunch of those targets that I project not going to Austin Eckler going to, right? They want to push yep. the ball down the field, forward pass, not behind and figure out if everybody else can block, right? So when all your wide receivers are sitting there blocking all the time, there's more chances for them to get rolled up on. But, you know, Keenan Allen has the history of being injured, but for the last few years, he hasn't been injured minus last year where he came into it after week one. Boom, injured his hamstring. I believe he came back a little bit too early from a strain and ended up injuring himself too much and trying to push it right. But being able to play those last games of the season into the playoffs – Hamstring's not an issue for me. So give yeah. me Keenan Allen. Completely disrespected at 16, even for me. But someone that you know that is going to get you target, 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 right? And yeah. He's a little bit older, but the dude could still ball. Oh, my God, I got burps. The dude could still ball. So give me Keenan Allen at 16 for all the marbles. Nate, again, quietly sneaking a guy like T. Higgins in, in here. What was that, tier four for you? Yeah, eighteen. <laughs> hey, we like we like Joe Mixon here, man. We like All Joe right. Mixon. All right, that's fine. Tier three for me. Uh, so tier three is going to start at sixteen. Go to eleven. So at sixteen, at the top of the tier here is Debo Samuel. I think you have him a little higher. After that, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, and Chris Olave. I'll speak to Garrett Wilson since you just you're just going to roll right over it. You got him back there in tier seventeen or wherever you have him. Uh, He's not worth- too far back. <laughs> 25th best, uh, yeah, best wide yeah, receiver yeah, yeah. in the league. Uh, worth noting that ESPN has Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 10. Yeah, uh, I'm back a few spots. Nate's back a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be a secret if you've listened to the last few episodes. We're both lower on the Jets than the general public, but we've talked about the expectations for New York. It's a deep playoff run, possibly Super Bowl or bust, probably. So high expectations, right? Lots of pressure. Um, the lights just being in New York on one of the coasts. They still have issues at offensive line. They didn't really solve those. Rodgers is another year older. He's like 49 years old. He's in a new situation. The receiving core features Garrett Wilson. That's great. We, we like him, right? He's a good player, mm-hmm. but it also has Corey Davis. He's good, former first-round draft pick. Aaron Rodgers brought Randall Cobb, fucking 72-year-old Randall Cobb. He brought Alan Lazard. The Jets yes. signed Michael Hardman. There's just so many, so many mouths to feed, so many pretty good receivers there, right? So I, I don't see how everything gets funneled to Garrett Wilson. Like, that would be a mistake for that offense. So just a lot of mouths to feed. Again, they're all decent, even Cobb, who's a little bit older. So I'm just behind the market on Garrett Wilson. Nate is too. And if we miss, we miss, right? Yeah. And if we're right, it's a phenomenal victory lap, and we're going to take it. Yeah. Garrett Wilson feels like a guy who's like a good trade candidate, like week five, six or something like that, as the Jets are just stumbling to get wins, right? Like if you could trade for him in the middle of the year and hopefully they put it together near the end because they got a gauntlet of a schedule and all the defenses that they're playing. So is somebody going to be low on Garrett Wilson and the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's that's what I would look at. But my whole thing with Garrett Wilson is they brought Lazard. Lazard is Aaron Rodgers' dude. And it's pretty evident, right? So you look at a lot of the clips and stuff like that they put out there or little things that happen in hard knocks where you notice that there's this pass, right? And they really don't try to show the wide receiver too much because it's like these dime passes are going to like Alan Lazard. 
He's going to be a deep ball guy. He's the big body guy for jump balls and stuff like that near the red zone. Yeah. So I think he's going to take a lot of the touchdowns upside out of Garrett Wilson in this offense. And then they have all the running backs. Like <laughs> everybody, it's, it's tough. It's like being with the Niners, right? Like, yeah, you like those guys, but who you never know who's going to get it. And then everybody yeah. hates a huge check touchdown unless you're, you know, some of our friends who are betting huge check first score or huge check anytime touchdowns. So. One of, those, one of those, one of those a season, player. dude, one of hate those a game. season, make your year. <laughs> so from 14 to nine, I got Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, and Amon Ross, St. Brown rounding up my tier three. I'll touch on DK. So currently the wide receiver 15 off the board with an ADP of 32. My sense is that people here have concerns about Geno regressing and also the addition of JSN. Taking from everyone, I only see JSN cutting into Lockett's production. And even though I believe Geno Smith is more of a Derek Anderson than an Aaron Rodgers, he's still going to lean on the biggest bodied wide receiver in the league. And he's just going to be able to throw it up. Hey, I need a first down. He'll body him up, get a catch, boom. He's going to be the guy near the end zone as well. Throw it up. Like Teams are going to have to worry about all these other wide receivers on the field right as they're in the green zone and red zone and stuff like that. And you can't double up DK Metcalf if you're going to be worried about what's happening over the middle or out to the sides with Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker. You know, they, they can go three receivers, two running backs, and then they have a yeah. mobile Geno Smith that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So if they're going to score touchdowns, I think you're going to get more of it out of a guy like DK Metcalf. So. It's crazy. We've talked about three, at least in both of our tiers combined, Seattle wide receivers, JSN, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. We talk about Kenneth Walker and, you know, the passing chops for Zach Charbonnet. But we talked in the last episode about how Geno Smith's like the QB 16 or 17 or something. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Like, how do you have those guys so high in your tier, but nobody's drafting Geno? Yeah. Very that's strange to me. I, that's, I'm the way I am. Yeah. that's the way I'm with uh, the Miami Dolphins, too. Yeah, like, yeah. No two one... is so low. He's back there probably behind Geno. I don't, I don't remember where he was at, but I don't... yeah, same thing. If someone out there is listening, can you do the math on – the last time that a quarterback supported two wide receiver ones on a team and was not a top 12 quarterback in fantasy football. It yeah, sounds Waddle. outrageous. Cause so you're talking, be... you're talking to a Waddles, the 11 and Tyreek kills the four right now on ESPN. And two yeah. is like outside the top 12. It's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. You're tier two. Uh, moving on to my tier two. So this is going to run uh, rank 10 through six, starting with Jalen Waddle, the aforementioned Jalen Waddle, Devonte Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, AJ Brown and then CD Lamb. I'm going to talk to AJ Brown. We've talked about the Eagles kind of at length. They obliterated half of the teams they played last season, basically in the first half. So they took their foot off the gas pedal right in the second half. Chewed clock, just kind of ran the ball. They get a tougher schedule this year. They lose some pieces on that defense. And then teams around the NFC, especially in the East, have improved, right? So they're going to face a more challenging schedule. All of that combined should lead to more close games, um, which likely leads to more significant snaps for that offense. They're not going to blow everyone out this year the way they did last year. That typically doesn't happen. I don't think it'll happen this year for them. But you have Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard as well. I think they're all going to see a little bit of a bump. And then God knows A.J. Brown is more than capable on building off what he did in 2022. Yep, I dig it. My eight to five for tier two, I got AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Stephon Diggs, and Devontae Adams at the five. And I'm going to touch on Devontae Adams. And I think that a lot is being made of Jimmy G being his quarterback, but I don't mm -hmm. care because last year in week 17 in the 2022 NFL football season, 
the great vaunted defense of the San Francisco 49ers NFC Championship representatives from the NFC West. Jarrett Stidham, backup quarterback to Russell Wilson, might have a chance to start this year. Supported Devontae's third highest scoring output of 34.3 PPR points against the 49ers. He's still going to be the focal point of an offense in a division that will be putting up points on the Las Vegas Raiders. Give me Devontae Adams. People just don't, like nobody feels good about taking it. And it's like, he's going to catch 100 balls. (laughs) He's still going to catch. Who are they going to throw the ball to? They're not throwing it to Michael Mayer. Because Austin Hooper's going to take Kobe that Myers. kind of stuff. Yeah. Come on, right? Like, yo, it's bad enough that dude ain't going to want to be there. You better get him some yards and get him his bonuses and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, Jimmy G knows what he's doing. Get the ball to the guy. If you're playing in PPR, it's probably nicer because you're going to get a lot more short yardage passing and stuff like that with Devontae Adams mm-hmm. in that offense. So, I like Devontae Adams at the five. He finishes the wide receiver three last year, too, mm-hmm. on that shitty Raiders team. Averaged almost 20 PPR points per game. I have him back four spots. My only concern is I think the Raiders are going to be in you know competition with the Cardinals for the number one overall pick. That's yeah. my only concern. So I, I kind of build that risk in two where I have him. But uh, final tier, tier one. So this is going to be five through one, starting with Stephon Diggs at the five, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and then Jamar Chase at nice. number one. Yep, yep. We're changing things up here. Jamar Chase played in just 13 games in 2022, and he recovered from and played through a fucking fracture to his hip. And he he hyperextended his right leg. That's what caused that injury. Mm -hmm. He played through that and recovered from it and came back from it last season. But of these top four guys, I've got the least amount of reservations on Chase and feel like there's not as much risk this season for him in that offense. Um, You know, Cooper Cup pulled his hamstring already, and then the Rams, God knows if they throw in the towel halfway through the season, right? They're not going to be competing for anything. And then Matthew Stafford has his injury concerns, right? He missed a lot of time last year. Mm -hmm. That offensive line is already suffering a couple injuries in camp and preseason. It's not good. Not a good sign. Tyreek Hill's great. He's a stud, but... You know, Tua misses time for concussion this season or, God forbid, has to take extended time off. We saw that play out last year. So there's some risk there, I think, a little bit. Not too worried, but a little bit of risk there. And then Jefferson has probably the most target competition he's faced in a few seasons. And TJ Hawkinson, who's kind of breaking out a little bit, looked much better there than he has in Detroit. Rookie first-round pick in Jordan Addison. And then KJ Osborne, who never gets the respect he deserves I'd like Justin Jefferson. I think he's a stud, but that's a boring pick. And I'm a huge fan of the Bengals offense this year. We both are. So I got Jamar Chase as number one. Nice. Nickel. I battled a lot. I battled with that. I battled with that number one, but not really because in my number four, I got Cooper cup, then Justin Jefferson at the three Jamar Chase at two. And I like that. My guy Tyreek Hill at number one. We all know the ability of Tyreek, the offensive scheme, and how he's the biggest threat in the NFL with the ball in his hands. But my take has nothing to do with the offensive side of the ball. In 2022, the Miami defense ranked 24th in points against and 25th in time of possession against. Add Vic Fangio, and I have them being a top five defense this year in the league, equating to more possessions for the offense, an opportunity for a guy who finished 2022 as the wide receiver two, just 1.5 points per game behind Justin Jefferson with a quarterback who was getting concussed, all the emotions that come with that and like it happening again. Right. And all the stuff that happens with that mentally on a football field, give me 
Tyreek Hill, number one. I think he's going to break the reception record. What is it, like 148, 149 or something like that? He's talking about 2,000 yards too. Yeah. I mean, the guy just get the ball in his hands and just let him do something. But I just think it's more so on the defensive side. Like, they held the ball. They only had the ball, I think it was like 48 or something like that percent, right? But if you change that to 53, 54, I think they're going to lead the, the league in time of possession, which is crazy because they're they're going to score so fucking fast. But teams are going to have – they're going to move into kind of that Kansas City Chiefs realm, I think, a little bit, where mm-hmm. they're going to have to get up, and then Fangio's just going to be able to let it loose, and defense is going to be able to roam with seven, and they're going to rush for it and get some pressure. Yeah. Uh, their defense actually looked pretty damn good in the preseason, like their schemes and stuff like that. Some of that defensive stuff is looking nasty. Like guys in Houston look sick too. And I'm like, oh man, it, it's so fast and it's so good. But Tyreek Hill, nothing to do with the offense, mostly to do with the defense that is there. Give me Tyreek yeah, Hill I mean, number one. Vic Fangio is good at what he does. I think he does that best, right? Subpar head coach. But I can see that three or four more possessions a game that, that could lead to, you know, a handful of more targets couple hundred extra yards, couple more touchdowns throughout the season. That easily puts him above, you know, where Justin Jefferson finished last year. Yep, I like yep. it. Yep. Cool. Let us know if we're bozos. Let us know if you're a bozo. Let us know who you like in the, in the list, who you don't like. Where would you move it? Comment down below. Like that stuff on YouTube. Subscribe so you can see all the new stuff that comes out every single time we do these type of things. Yep. Speaking of the top 36 wide receivers in the NFL, Tony, we're going to draft – like we did last week with 24, the top five athletes, Ooh. our favorite athletes, to ever wear the number 36. Do you want the turn or do you want the one? Do you want to be I, the guy who puts <laughs> puts his love child next to his other love child two episodes in a row? Or do you want to be a man? <laughs> I don't know what this, that means. I don't know what that means. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> dude, dude this, this was tough. Like, the number 36? Not a number a lot of athletes wear. A lot of famous athletes, legendary. I just athletes, realized I fucked it all up. Athletes. I just realized <laughs> I fucked it all up. Yeah. Because I actually went down a list of thirty-four. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh my god. All right. I gotta do some research. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna take the first pick then to give you a few seconds. All right. Like I said, this was very difficult. I had to dig deep on some of these. Uh, I had to dig deep and even use some alternate jerseys that players wore like later in their career, but mm-hmm. it's still gonna count. But I'll kick it off with the bus, Jerome Bettis. I think he was originally drafted by the Rams. Obviously, we all know him from his time with Pittsburgh. Six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Obviously got a Super Bowl. First pick off the board here, Nate. Give me Jerome Bettis. I hope that was enough time because I didn't write much for him. Yeah, we're good. My number one is going to be the big leprechaun in Shaquille O'Neal. As Shaquille O'Neal famously wore number 32 while he was in Orlando. Wore 34 while he was with the Lakers and when he went to the Celtics he wore number 36 give me Shaq as my number one because yeah, I think the 32 and the 34 were retired in Boston or something yeah. like that yeah yep. who was, was your one. number one again <laughs> Jerome Bettis the bus oh yeah the bus yeah yeah good one cool um let me see my number two holy cow uh <laughs> there's some very obscure names uh yeah. when you type that in like, who the who the hell are these people? There is literally nothing here. There's some good history, though, for some of those guys, like some of those real random, like one-off names. Like, I, I picked a couple of them. I'll probably draft them. It's kind of interesting backstories. Yeah. Uh, second hmm. pick. I can't stall anymore. But your second yeah, pick. The, oh, okay. 
one of the greatest defenses that I've ever played in the NBA, one of the best defensive players that's ever played in the NBA, completely feared, put him next to Ben Wallace and it's SWAT City, Rashid Wallace. Yeah. He's going to throw haymakers, lefts, rights, uppercuts, <laughs> tops, bottoms, left, whatever it is. Give me Rashid Wallace with my he, number two. So I had I was going to pick him, four-time All-Star. Yeah. Uh, won the championship in 04, stole that from the Lakers. Um he actually switched to number 36 in 2004 to honor his brother who died at the age of 36. So kind of a sad story. Mm. And then, as you mentioned, he's the NBA's all-time leader in technical fouls. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, so good. That's a fun stat. That's a fun stat. So, uh, good. so next pick here for me. So I got the bus with my first one. Second pick here in the second round for me is going to be Brian Westbrook. So a stud running back from the Andy Reid Eagles McNabb era. Caught a shit ton of passes, ran for over 6,000 yards in his career, scored 41 touchdowns, got two Pro Bowls, all pro selection, and definitely a fantasy player. Probably a majority of us had some shares of, right? If you played any time in the last, what, what is that, 10 years, 15 years? Mm-hmm. So Westbrook off the board. I had Rasheed Wallace as my next pick, so thank you yeah, for that. You now, Next, we'll switch to baseball. So this is, I'm going to say his last name wrong. Mike Mikulski, Mike McClaskey, uh, born in 1903, so just a little bit older than Terrence Dunn. This, <laughs> uh, this dude makes my list because he played for the American Football League's New York Yankees in 1927 nice. and then went on to play for the Green Bay Packers. So two of the most historic franchises. I don't think that's the same Yankees that played baseball. I think it was like disbanded with like one of those American football leagues, Mm -hmm. but kind of cool, kind of cool story. But he was a two-way player just like James uh, in this league, which we fully support his life choices. (laughs) Uh, And he earned the nickname Iron Mike. Uh, He got a few championships too, but I'm more uh, fascinated with him playing for the Yankees football squad because I had no idea that was even a thing. Nice. Pretty weird. Nice. Oh, all right. My number three is going to be, I didn't even know this was this dude's number and he's like my favorite football player of all time. It's not Tim Tebow. Um, (laughs) Shocker. But uh, it's going to be Merton Hanks. He was a safety for the 49ers back in the 90s. And the thing is, is that he had this long neck. So what made me love this dude, which now I need, I need to make a note, get rookie card. Um, It's like but, a Davis Mills, uh, yeah. Brock Osweiler neck. Okay. Yeah, it's it's huge, right? <laughs> but every time he did like a big play or whatever like that, he would do this chicken neck dance thing where he'd like do his neck or whatever, and it'd get everybody going. So Burton oh, yeah. Hanks there. And then I will take – man, I like the way this dude used to bat. And he used to be lethal with the bat, uh, especially with Kansas City – and the Texas Rangers. Give me Carlos Beltran. Um, oh, okay. I saw just him. a solid dude who's always been in the league. He always found him way, his way on a team. Carlos Beltran is my number four. Okay. I'm feverishly looking for somebody else who wore <laughs> number 36. I, I've i got some notes here, so I'll, I'll stall as much as I can for yeah. you. So next pick here for me. Uh, before we had the law firm, a.k.a. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, we had Lawyer Malloy. 
Uh, mm. Patriot stud defensive back. He played in 234 games. You love the longevity at defensive back. Huge fan of longevity and stamina. Uh, picked off 25 passes, made four Pro Bowls, got an All-Pro selection, won a Super Bowl with the Pats. And dude is actually very involved uh, with his kids. He's got like, I think, three or four girls. But he has his girls playing softball at Tennessee. Uh, one's out there with the Boomers and another one with the Huskies. But pretty cool stuff. Uh, so just go on Twitter. And after you follow Nate on Twitter at Taco Court Sports, go ahead and check out at Lawyer Malloy. Just, just to see what I'm talking about. Nice. That's good. I appreciate <laughs> and then, uh, that. Yeah, no worries. And then my final pick, uh, this is where I had to reach deep and just pick a player who wore an alternate jersey. I had Shaq on this list, but I'll go with Greg Maddox. He wore 31 uh, with the Braves where he did the bulk of his Hall of Fame work, but he did wear 36 with the Dodgers in 2006, and I think he came back in like 08 or 09 or something like that, but I'll round out my five picks here with the Hall of Fame pitcher. Hall of Fame Dodgers pitcher, Greg Maddox. Can I say that? Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah. Dodgers Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah. It's factual. Uh, my last one is going to be solely because I liked this dude. Um, this is one of those things where I like the schemes that these people are in or whatever like that, right? And I thought he would do more when he went to Atlanta, but we got fucking Cordell Patterson. So <laughs> I'm so glad that's got to be done. There's... I swear, if Cordell Patterson sees like ten snaps a game this season, I'm going to lose my He's shit. He's going to. But He's going to. Give me Mike Davis, unforeseen Mike Davis. hero of fantasy football, year and a half ish. Just Carolina Panthers, boom, goes down to Atlanta, boom, just touchdowns, yards. It's what we needed to get over the hump. When you're focusing on you know injuries and handcuffing and all these yep. other things that. You know, I like to do or whatever like that, which my friends don't like to do. Oh, you're limit your upside. I already have it. Like, but Mike Davis with my five. Man, that was rough. I had to come up with that list in about a minute and a half. And I'm thankful that you stalled. And I'm going to edit some of that stuff so it makes it a little less Welcome. clocky, clunky or whatever. But I think it, it was fine. Okay. But to recap. Our number 36 draft, not the number 34 draft. Jesus, yeah. what was I doing? Uh, I had good names too, man, with 34. Oh, there's a lot of good 34s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Shaquille O'Neal, Rashid Wallace, Merton Hanks, Carlos Beltran, and Mike Davis. While, Tony, you had Jerome Bettis, Brian Westbrook, Mikey McCloskey, or something like that. It sounds I like Iron Mike. It's just Iron, Iron Mike. <laughs> Iron, yeah, Iron Mike. <laughs> Lawyer Malloy and... The aforementioned Hall of Fame, Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher, Greg Maddox. Yeah. You can vote using the corresponding emoji on Facebook at Taco Corp Sports or anywhere else. You could just search for Taco Corp Sports on all the socials. It is out there. So just change the podcast name too, to Taco Corp Sports. Yeah. So interesting. All of my identity some, you, is gone. You got some really good music too on yeah. uh, both ends of the show. Yeah, it's uh, good. You got a new co host. Uh, Matt's going to be doing some shows. We're taking over. 58 yeah. West King is fully inside Nate right now. We're taking this thing over. Thumbnails are getting a lot better. <laughs> getting a little bit of traction. Some click-through rates. YouTube. Go check those out for us, too. Subscribe there. Like, comment. Whatever you want to hear. Comment over there on YouTube. Comment what you would like yeah. us to do or whatever like that, and we'll get to it. So um, we are running out of ideas. Not really, but we'll figure it. It's always easy to get, you know some feedback and stuff like that. And someone once told me that, or I heard from a dude, he said, every comment is a content suggestion. So 
there's that. Rants and raves, Tony, before we get out of here, do you have anything to bitch about? Anything to portray nicely out to the world? Please, bitch. Rant, rant. you're goddamn right I have a rant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my rant is on man purses. We, we teased this the last couple episodes. You people wearing these things, you look absolutely ridiculous. You you're people. not fooling anyone. You're wearing a fanny pack strapped between your man boobs. You know, women, whatever, it's fine. But dude, you got to stop. You know, just slide that thing down onto your waist and stop being a coward. It's a fanny pack. <laughs> and I'll go one step further. Stop accessorizing with things that hold your shit, you know, like inside a man purse. Mm-hmm. And put your cargo shorts back on. You think you're too cool for those two? You're not. You're not too cool for cargo shorts. You're not too cool for a fanny pack. Take off the man purse. It's ridiculous. Mm. I'm That's triggered good. right now. I hate them. That's good. I don't. That's do you like them? Man purse? No. No. I, I'm still a backpack guy, man. I'll like, always you, be a backpack. What do you even put it? You, you got your chapstick? You got your, your Carmac? Your Carmex? Or whatever the hell the little you know well, I'm talking about? For a man purse? <laughs> uh, you got your keys in there. You got a wallet. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? You got your checkbook? What are you putting in that thing? It's almost You're like dudes don't have big enough pockets. Like yeah, You got you a know. comb? You got a comb in there? I know AJ's probably got a comb in there for some reason. Our friend AJ, for the people who don't know this dude, is completely bald. He used to have hair, but <laughs> instead of a forehead, he had like a five head. And then about three weeks later, it turned into a six head and then like a six and a half head. And then, yeah, then it just became Gone. a head. It just became a head. So it's pretty And he's crazy. wearing a man purse right now, right this yeah. moment. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. My rant is going to be for all of the San Francisco 49er fans and the beat reporters and anybody who thinks they know better than any coach out there because all they do is keep bitching about how Trey Lance needs to get a fair shot, he's better than Brock Purdy, and that he needs to be the one playing, and they highlight all these stats. Brock Purdy threw an interception in practice. He throws one every single day or two or three every single day in practice. Brock Purdy does. It doesn't matter what you think Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback because the 49ers coaching staff has decided he's the quarterback. Shut up and give us something that is actually helpful. All you're doing is trying to, like, you know exactly what they're doing because they're from Northern California in that region where all they're trying to do is race bait you because of a Colin Kaepernick situation. So it's like, oh, history with the team. And they're looking for articles that way to get clicks so that they can get someone to accidentally click on one of those fucking banners that's on the side of their website or 73 pop-ups that happen. Subscribe to news. I just want to read the fucking article, you asshole. Like, Jesus Christ. Come up with something that is better than just Trey Lance, this, that, is a good to fair shake. This asshole has played two games in the last four years of his entire life. It doesn't matter. They said, hey, we made a mistake, or we believe we made a mistake. Now we'll move on. We got a guy that we like. We got a guy that the team likes. If you go back into last season, in the offseason between 21 and 22, when Jimmy Garoppolo was thought to not come back with the 49ers and they were going to move on to Trey Lance. And you listen to people like George Kittle and Debo Samuel talk and they say, hey, you know, excited about Trey Lance coming in. This is this, a new look for the 49ers. And the emotion was never there. All it was was, you know, we're going to have to see. we got a lot of things to work on and all this kind of stuff. There was no excitement happening with the team. There was no light up in anybody's eyes. It was like what that told me was that there is something else that none of us see about something, whether it's work ethic, showing up, leaving, whatever it is, or knowledge of the game or whatever like that, that is different from a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who everybody loved, 
and a guy like Trey Lance who has all the talent in the world, allegedly. Same thing happened when Brock Purdy came in. All of the eyes lit up about what Brock Purdy was doing and the guy, type of person he was. I just think that Trey Lance might just not be a good teammate. Maybe people don't like working with him. And the 49ers staff sees that and is like, fuck it. Cut our losses. We're still good. We're in a window. We need to win. They brought in Sam Darnold, who's probably going to be the number two for this team. Anyways, they love everything that Sam Darnold does and his mm-hmm. ability to pick up the offense and make reads and all this kind of stuff. Like They like it there. That's all the reports and all the talk out of the coaching staff and everything like that. They don't give a shit about Trey Lance. Stop and move on to something else. Just move on to something else. That's all I got to say. It's it's so annoying, though, every time you open up Twitter or X Twitter or whatever it is. And Twitter. all it is is Trey Lance this, Brock Purdy, th- Brock Purdy threw another fucking interception today. How many interceptions in practice did Peyton Manning and Tom Brady throw? Nobody knows because nobody gives a fuck. Do you win football games or do you not win football games? And next week I'm going to rant on those assholes who say wins are not a quarterback stat. You are fucking dumb. Shut up. <laughs> if you believe that wins are a quarterback stat, Tony, I are not a quarterback stat. I am going to fucking get rid of you. I Are wins a quarterback? <laughs> say it. Say wins are a quarterback stat now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quarterback, yeah. quarterback stat. Yes. I just got here. <laughs> I've already got some vacation planned. Yeah, I just got promoted. I got some vacation to books. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a rant. That nice. was a really that's, high quality that's rant. rant. Jesus Christ! I was I like, I was like, it, dude. It's, I was it's like, the worst. I was like the kids when mom and dad are fighting. I was kind of scared for a moment there. Uh, you, you, Nate's burying the lead here, yeah, though. Yeah. Um, Nate, nice. you know whose eyes uh, light up when when they talk about Sam Darnold? Kyle Shanahan, he loves Sam mm. Darnold. I think Sam Darnold has a better chance to start this year than Brock Purdy. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh no, Just kidding. I think That's Purdy's going to start. <laughs> but 100%. I think the number yeah. two will be Sam Darnold. I don't think it, they. He came out today and said something about, and we're recording this what Tuesday, August twenty second, ten forty p.m. Yeah, right now, and he came out and said something about, you know, we might just rotate him in as the second string or whatever like that. Which is kind of crazy that he's like, you know, I already planned to play another quarterback throughout the season because we're probably going to be winning by 35 against the Rams. Like, no need to get Brock hurt again or whatever like that. So, yeah. pretty interesting yeah. to come out of him. It's a huge miss. It's a huge cool. swing and a huge Thanks miss. Thanks for joining is us. Two or three first-round draft picks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the fact that they're just like, they're not forcing it, right? They're just not forcing oh, it. Oh, they know. They've, Fuck it. Whatever. They on get it. And the ownership win. loves it, too. Yeah. They missed on Trey Sermon, right? They traded up to get him in like what a third round a couple drafts ago. And they just yeah, they shipped him off, or I forget if they cut him or traded him to Philly, but okay. I know they shipped him off. But yeah, it's, it's good they're able to to identify how that the Forty Niners, how the Forty Niners run their franchise is how people need to run their lives, <laughs> me included, because I dwell on the past a lot and it fucks me up, right? <laughs> and I hold on to shit and I'm oh it should be this way yeah. and nope, it is what it is. Move on, go win. Right. So, and so run the ball early, early and often, and rush four. Got it. Yes. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> if you're still here, we appreciate you. We love you. Be sure if you are on YouTube to hit subscribe, hit that thumb up button. It looks like this. Can you do this with your thumb? Can you go all the way back? No, you're. That's weird. Did you break How that thing or something? That's it. Yeah. That's that's it's, max extension back. 
Where yeah, have mine you been go put, like ninety percent. Where have it's you been putting that degrees. thing? It's that is awesome. not normal. That is not normal. Look, man, I got a my prostate's like in a weird spot, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, nah, but Jesus. you know, hit the thumbs up. Even hit the notification bell. You get notified every time the video comes up or whatever like that. You you can unsubscribe from like email and stuff like that for notification. But every time you open up your YouTube app, boom, it'll pop up. Hey, we've got a new video here. You can watch it or whatever like that. Share it with your friends. If you don't like what we're doing, I don't know why you're still here. It's almost an hour. But share it with someone else so they don't like it as well. But if you do like it, share it with somebody else, please. Let them know what we're doing. So we can get some more thoughts and ideas and stuff like that. You know, we're looking to do a little bit more content throughout the season as we haven't done in the past and stuff like that. And I think we've got a good, pretty good plan going forward. If you're listening on any of the audio platforms, hit follow, subscribe, leave a review. Five stars, please. Grandma said, if you ain't got nothing else, nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. I don't really care. Say, just leave a five star and then bitch in the comment piece or whatever like that. <laughs> so, because we're willing, we're, we're really good on... Uh, you know, accepting our flaws, thick skin and that kind of stuff, as you just tell by our rants and, you know, just the clothes that people wear and what people write on the Internet doesn't bother us whatsoever. Nah. But do all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, thanks for being here. Anything left for the audience? Tony, before we get out of here. I, I was going to ask, did, did you ever dabble uh, with poetry or, like, songwriting? It's not related to receivers, like, growing up. I read a lot of poetry. I have a lot of oh. like poetry and philosophy stuff from these okay. theory and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you know I wrote a song once about a tortilla? Did you, you did. know that? No, I did not know yeah. that. Sing it. Well, it was more of a rap. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you white bitch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. God damn, I hate you. I got nothing else. That's so good. <laughs> Banger of the week in honor of football season being back. Thursday night lights, Friday night lights, Saturday night lights, Sunday night lights, lights, Monday night lights, all of the lights. Kanye West for Tony. I'm Nate. Taco Corp 94 in the books. Wide receivers are done. Love you, bye.